Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. I'm Alexis McKendrick, the FY24 president of the Society of Women Engineers. And on today's episode, we're highlighting engineers who work in government and public service, a subject that is near and dear to my own heart. If you're a woman in STEM who's thought about working on the government side of things, if you're already in the public sector, or if you just want to get a glimpse into those working in this area, then you're absolutely in the right place with this episode. Joining me are the two co-leads of SWE's Women in Government Affinity Group, Jenny Dalzell and Jenna Lynn Henderson. Jenna and Jenny, I am so excited to have you here so we can talk about our shared experience of being women in government and our experiences in this field. Thank you, Alexis. This is Jenna, the co-lead of the Women in Government Affinity Group. And I'd like to start by learning more about your career journeys, Jenny and Alexis. Did you always know that you wanted to work in the public sector? Is this something that you fell into? Thanks, Jenna. This is Jenny. When I started my career at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, I was a college student and found the NRC at a career fair that my university was hosting. And they had the shortest line, which I think happens a lot with a lot of government organizations. But because of that, you were able to talk to the people who were getting the career route, getting a really good understanding of what their organization does, what opportunities they had available. Following that career fair, I worked for the agency for a summer as a summer hire before they hired me in full time after graduation. And I've been there ever since, been there 16 years now. And it's, I, I've been all different areas within the organization. People think Nuclear Regulatory Commission and they think they only hire nuclear engineers, but that is not the case. A huge organization hires kinds of different professions, including people in things like hydrology, seismology. So it, my career path has been through a lot of different parts of the organization. I've had a lot of different opportunities to do different things throughout my career. Alexis, how about you? Yeah, I did not always know that I wanted to work in the public sector. <laughs> it was definitely something that I kind of fell into, I would say about five years into my career. So when I was working in my graduate degree, in chemical engineering, I was very sure that I wanted to work in private industry R&D. Um, and I did uh, for, like I said, about five years. Uh, and then I started working on the technology that was helping improve the emissions from chemi the chemical industry. And I started to work with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency because I was producing results from this technology that they were considering for their own rules and regulations for, for the industry and potentially for technology advancement in that industry. And as I started to work with the US EPA, I really got to learn and understand a little bit more about how engineers and scientists can impact public policy 
how they can impact how technology is adopted and incorporated into the world around us. And it really kind of it got its hooks into me right away. And that was the point where I think I, I kind of fell into public service. My family and I were already looking to relocate to the Washington, D.C. area. I applied to the, the U.S. EPA. And honestly, the, the rest is history for me. Um, I have not left uh, either the, the government sector or government adjacent sector in my career since. And I think I'm, I'm in it for the long haul over here. Um, Jenny, I really liked your point about kind of having been all over your agency in a lot of different roles. That's one of the things I really like about the federal government is there are so many different agencies and so many different you know, ways that engineers can impact different parts of the government mission. And I think that's true at the state and local level as well, that you really can um, get a really great diversity of engineering experiences and still feel like you're having an impact wherever you go. These are great responses. Thank you so much for sharing. Jenny, you said that you'd worked with your current employer for 16 years. That's quite a sizable tenure. What do you find that you enjoy most about working for your current employer? So like I had mentioned in my previous answer, being able to move around and do different positions and learning different areas has been the best part about my working for my agency. I've worked at nuclear power plants, as I'm sure most people think about when they hear nuclear regulatory commission. But we do so much more than just the nuclear power plants. We also uh, regulate medical uses of radioactive material, research and industrial uses. And I've had the opportunity to work in all of those areas, inspection and in licensing, and being able to do those different things and learn something new is been it, like you have different careers, but you don't have to leave your organization. And the safety mission that our organization is the it's the focus of what we do, um, and that working with members of the public and providing support for the members of the public in making sure that they stay safe from any kind of use of radioactive material. Uh, and keeping the environment safe and keeping the public safe. Thank you. And what about you, Alexis? It sounded like you got into working in the public sector be because it gave you an opportunity to impact change uh, in so many different ways. Do you feel that you're still interested in this kind of work because of that same reason, the reason that drew you in to begin with? Yes, absolutely. Making an impact in this space is continues to be incredibly important to me. I have felt really directly connected to both technology advancements um, during my career with the government, both from an environmental and an energy technology perspective, um, as well as really connected to policy making. Um, I think the thread that I would kind of pull through my career to date, uh, which as I said, has been kind of across energy and environmental sectors, has been kind of, you know, honestly making the world a better place, making the world a cleaner place. A lot of the areas that I've worked in have focused on either renewable energy technology development or um, reducing environmental pollutions from, excuse me, reducing environmental pollutants from different types of emitters um, across, the, across the technology spectrum. And when you can see that the efforts that you put in as a government employee 
are, are making a positive impact on the world around you. And as Jenny said, a positive impact on the people that are in your community and in your world, then I mean, there's no greater motivator for me than that. That sounds like a promising reward for anyone looking to pursue a career in government. What advice would you give an engineer who might be thinking about pursuing a career path in government? Well, I'll start with this one, if that's okay, Jenny. Oh, go ahead. I have what I would say one piece of advice and potentially one caution. (laughs) The piece of advice is, you know, all of us in engineering have technical backgrounds. A really important part of working in the government is that you can often interact, end up interacting with folks who do not have technical backgrounds. And so learning how to communicate technical information and present technical findings to a non-technical audience is incredibly important. There's a lot of great resources out there on kind of science communication and how to um, speak engineer, if you will, to the public and to non-technical audiences. So I'd really encourage anyone who's considering a path in the government to pursue that skill set. My one piece of caution is that in many areas of the government, not all, the public sector does not necessarily pay at the same level that the private sector does, especially when you're looking at engineering degrees. So while government um, jobs pay dividends and the value that you're bringing to the public and have a lot of other great uh, benefits, I would just encourage uh, a caution that the advanced pay is not one of them. Over to you, Jenny. Thank you, Alexis. Yes, the plain language is a huge part of what we do in the government. Being able to communicate with the public what we do is a definite skill. Other part that I wanted to highlight is Alexis and I are both at a federal level of the government, but different government has different levels. You have the federal, you have state, local levels of government, and it also includes government contractors and the military. All of these organizations are really providing a lot of useful support to their communities, including things like safe roads, water, clean air, energy. So by working for the government, you really make a huge impact on your community and your world around you. And my piece of advice for people who are interested in government careers is really gaining a really good understanding of the hiring process for government, because it can be a little bit cumbersome and really making sure you understand how do you apply, what do you need to apply uh, to make sure that your application gets reviewed and accepted for interviews and the positions that you're interested in. The application process for government positions, um, whether it's local, state, or federal government, can be different right, than the private sector. And as you point out, have very specific requirements. Do your research, folks. There's a lot of really good resources out there for exactly what that looks like and some of the nuances that Jenny was mentioning. But yeah, definitely encourage that. And now I am going to flip the script a little bit here and uh, and ask a question um, of y'all. So the Women in Government Affinity Group, it is such an incredible resource for our SWE members and particularly our SWE members who who are women in government. Um, So I want to take some time as part of this podcast to make sure we're highlighting that. Um, Can you all share with me a little bit of background, right? So what is the Affinity Group? 
what do you all do for your members and any goals that the Women in Government Affinity Group has for the upcoming year? Yeah. So the Affinity Group are small groups of like-minded people. And this group in particular is focused on women who work in the government. This is a large variety of career paths, including state, local governments, and federal governments, and providing a place for people to gather and share their thoughts and share their experiences and network with people who are in similar backgrounds as you. It also allows women in government to kind of work together to find ways to overcome some of the challenges that public sector staff experience. Same thing with the hiring process. Finding promotions and applying for promotions can also be very challenging in the government. We're providing opportunities to get that specialized knowledge and experience and networking and finding ways that we can support each other. We're working together to make sure we get meaningful sessions at conference. Just things like that we can do together And then, Alexis, I just wanted to add that our Women in Government Affinity Group, we meet monthly, and it's a really exciting group because there's so much potential within our cohort of of people. So in in addition to having a national reach, we bring together a group of people that have shared values. So both Jenny and yourself talked about the the values you have in working in the government, in the public sector. And you said that you're really what really resonates with you is the opportunity to improve community. And so it's really exciting to get a group of people together that are involved and motivated to improve society. And that's exciting for several different reasons. In addition to sharing ideas and mentorship, there is an opportunity to pollinate ideas, which is really the foundation for innovation. So in addition to creating an atmosphere for people to network, we also want to create an opportunity for innovative ideas and fruitful mentorship that increase value at a large scale. So we have a really exciting lineup of meetings this next year. We have a monthly meeting. It's typically the third or fourth Sunday of every month. And we put together our lineup by sending a poll out to our members and incorporating their their feedback into our guest speaker series. So for instance, uh, someone wrote in that they had a problem coping with challenging situations at work. To address that, we were bringing in a professional practitioner and a professor of Brown University who's coaching us on practicing mindfulness as a way to cope with stressful situations and overcome bias. We have speakers lined up to speak about DEI, about cybersecurity. So our uh, we're really presenting a range of topics, and we hope that this next year is exciting for everyone. Wow. Thank you both so much for those comments. I mean, the idea of kind of coming together with those shared values and creating a networking space that you mentioned, um, Jenna, along with the um, idea that Jenny mentioned of overcoming challenges, right, that are unique to women in government and doing that together as, as a group, um, along with the really great meeting topics that you mentioned, Jenna. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I'm a woman in government who is listening to this this podcast or somebody who might be interested in the um, public sector space, I'm thinking 
this affinity group sounds amazing um, and I would like to sign up. <laughs> so for everyone who's listening who thinks that, you know, how can they get involved with the affinity group? Yeah. So there's two ways you can become involved with the affinity group. And I would recommend signing up for both. There is a private Facebook group that you can join. That it's the Women in Government Affinity Group Facebook page. Uh, and then also from your uh, SWE uh, email accounts, you can select a preference to join our mailing list. So we provide an email with the information for our monthly meetings uh, in both places, in the Facebook group and on the mailing list. Also, if you're going to be at the WE23 conference later this year, um, you'll find us in one of the affinity group rooms, uh, the business and interest affinity group room. We have several of our members that are going to be participating in some session discussions in the AG rooms. And then there's also going to be an open house. So you could stop by and see me during the open house and we can give you more information about our group. That sounds uh, amazing. Thank you so much for that that information. I'm sure that there'll be lots of members coming over to participate in those venues. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great conference this year. Alexis, I'd really like to hear about some of your priorities for SWE during your presidency and how you feel they will resonate with women engineers who are working in the public sector. Absolutely. I think that you know one thing that I think will really resonate um, with women engineers and technologists in the public sector is the theme for, for this year in SWE uh, and also for the WE23 conference, which is Live Without Limits. I chose Live Without Limits as the theme for this year because it was a one phrase descriptor of what my vision is for all SWE members, allowing us all to live up to our full potential as engineers, lowering the barriers that society has placed in front of us for why um, women engineers struggle to live without limits today, and lowering those barriers and allowing equity and equality to grow together, right? Because this is a big challenge, and it's nothing that an individual, one in engineering or technology, is going to be able to do alone. So you all can probably see where I'm going with this, right? We've, we've been talking throughout this whole podcast about how one thing that women engineers in government share is this idea of service to the public, right? Service to community. And this idea of a shared vision for equity for women engineers and working together towards that public good of the public there being being in the engineering field and the technology field, I really think that that kind of we can all do this together to get to a place where we can live without limits and we can do it through that sense of community and shared vision is something I think will really resonate with with women in government. The other um, item that I'd like to highlight is something that actually has been, I would say, a career long or sweet journey long. <laughs> passion of mine, which has been honestly getting more um, women engineers and technologists involved in the public policy space. Uh, there are so many tables um, that, that I sit at where important policy decisions are being made, and you must, must have folks at that table that can accurately represent data, that can accurately represent science, 
so that whoever is at that table who is the ultimate decision maker you know, has the best and most accurate scientific information and can make the most data-informed decisions. And honestly, this is something that, that I have felt strongly about since I started my own um, government journey, that we need more engineers, more technologists to be in these policymaking roles and to be in these decision-maker-facing roles of the federal government in order to ensure that science and data always has a voice and always has a place at the table. Wow, thank you. Those are some great goals for this year. And I think those fit in really well with what women in government also strive for, working towards getting more um, more women, more minorities into government organizations and really expanding on that is a great goal. So Alexis, you have been a huge part of Sweet for a long time. How have you overcome some of the challenges of being in the public sector while also supporting the Sweet mission? Yeah, that's a that's a really fantastic question. I think that the biggest item that I've had to balance is largely doing uh, my my service to SWE and my SWE roles outside of, of my career and outside of my federal government capacity. Um, so while I know that there are um, certainly um, some women in government, um, women that are part of SWE and work in the government space and in the public sector that have been able to secure uh, funding to attend SWE conference, you know, maybe their agency has a career fair there, or are able to use professional development or training, you know, funds as part of their work to participate in SWE. I have never um, had that opportunity as part of the the federal government. So for me, it's really been ensuring that balance, right? I do think that being in the public sector enables you to set some clear boundaries uh, with kind of the beginning and end of your day and the time that you're spending um, on your work. And so for me, it's really been about always managing my time and managing that balance in my life in a way that there was always room and space for SWE. And, and by the way, this does tie back to the live without limits theme as well, because to me, living without limits for me personally is being able to do all of these things, right? Being able to have a great career with the federal government and be SWE president and be a a Girl Scout leader, right, for my daughters, and, 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 right, and doing all of those things and creating a situation for, for myself personally where all of that is possible, right? What I would ask everybody listening to this is what does Live Without Limits look like to you, right? And how can you think about lowering those barriers? You asked about overcoming challenges, right? Lowering those challenges in a way that enables you to move forward with that version of, of your career, your interaction with SWE and and your life. So that's kind of the the tenant, right, that I, I keep in mind, even as I'm as I'm balancing all of these things. Um, and sometimes balancing them imperfectly, and that is okay. Giving yourself grace is another big important part of overcoming uh, overcoming these challenges. But that's that's largely how I manage that. And thanks so much for the question. Yeah, no problem. I refer to my SWE work as my non-work work. Because uh, yes. it, it, it can be a lot of work, 
but it's not work. Uh, Agree, 100%. I love that sentiment. Well, I think that we are just about at the end of our podcast for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you to both Jenny and Jenna for coming on the podcast. It's been a really great pleasure for us all to share a bit about working in the public sector and especially to learn more about the Women in Government Affinity Group. I certainly have been a part of this affinity group for, I think, since its inception and have always enjoyed the engagement and, as was noted earlier, really the shared space where we can overcome common challenges um, to women in government together. For anyone listening who's curious about SWE's affinity group, we have over 20 of these groups that are designed to bring together SWE members who share identities, interests, and goals. These affinity groups are organized into three different pillars, diversity, equity, and inclusion affinity group, business and interest affinity group, and career stages affinity group. For example, we have early career, mid-career, and late career affinity groups to provide support no matter what stage of your career you find yourself in. You can visit, you can visit affinitygroup.twee.org to get involved in the affinity group that's of interest to you. We hope to see you at some of our affinity groups soon. I'm Alexis McKittrick, your FY24 SWE president. And from all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your social network. You can visit swe.org to learn more about how the Society of Women Engineers empowers women to achieve their full potential as engineers and leaders.